is episode 32 of the ZA Dev Chat podcast. I'm joined this evening by Len Wensia. Hey, how's it? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you keeping, Len? Oh, good, 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 man. Just come through a big haul of code and back back on my feet. Back, glad to be back on the podcast. Yeah, good to have you back again. We've been missing you lately. Yep, I'm sure. Everyone misses my witty comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the smooth radio voice, as we call it. Late night podcasting. And tonight we are joined by Etienne Marais. Hi, Etienne. Hey, how's it going? So, Etienne, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, yeah, I'm Etienne. Uh, I've been doing PHP in production, <laughs> as some would say, uh, for a little while now. Um, yeah, recently moved on to Cape Town and enjoying the coding here. Um, yeah. Cool, man. Um, what, when you say you've been doing PHP in production for a while, like how long have you been doing it? Um, almost 10 years. So I've almost hit the double digits. Um, although some might say that uh, PHP in production is a dangerous thing. <laughs> um, I would say otherwise. Um, the dynamicness of the language has really, really drawn me. Mm. And I've always stuck to to that for the last almost 10 years now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think PHP gets a very bad rap. Uh, you know, like any tool, I think it can be used badly. And, you know, one of the reasons we've got you on tonight is to come and help uh, explain to us where it's good and, you know, what's cool about it. Yeah, I've definitely seen PHP get a bad rap over the last few years. And, I mean, I've got some PHP in my background as well. So uh, even if I do have some comments every now and then about it, it it still has its uses, I believe. So, yeah, Etienne, um, out of interest, what got you into PHP? Why did you first go for, well, why did you go for PHP about 10 years ago and not whatever else was around? Um, I think mostly, mostly during when I studied, um, I studied computer science. And back in the day, it was only about Java and C++ which at the time went a bit over my head, <laughs> not going to lie, um, because we were taught Delphi in school, which I'm probably giving away my age a bit. But um, I think just the fact that I could render something from a database on a screen through the browser was really amazing at that point. Um, I've never done something like that before. And really like the multimedia part of the course, we actually got to play with PHP, although it like being like proper scripting, <laughs> it was, uh, I think it drew me. It was really cool. Yeah, that's one really cool thing I found with PHP is that it's so easy to just get started, get off the ground. Um, you've got, whether you're going with LAMP or I think there's WAMP on Windows, uh, it's easy to just get going with just one binary that you have to run. Uh. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the first PHP app that I wrote was a was a Hello World app in the command line um, back in the day on a Windows box, <laughs> which I'm not too proud of. But um, it was uh, it was really magical. Yeah, I think just the the low barrier to entry is one of the great successes of great reasons for the success of PHP over the last 10, 12 years. How old is PHP now? Um, so, I mean, PHP was created in 94 by a guy named Erasmus. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's more than 20 years, which is, which is a very long time. Yeah, so it's been around for quite a while. Uh, 
it's comparable to I think Python and Ruby are also run by the same age. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not too sure about Ruby, but uh, if Ruby is also runs on C, some C plus plus components. Yeah, it's uh, Ruby. Well, the MRI Ruby is written in C. Ah, okay, so it's mostly out of the same school of thought, I think. Yeah, so PHP you say has been around since about ninety four, and uh, we're seeing PHP five. What's the current version? About five point six, from what I've seen. Um, yeah, five point six. Yeah. So PHP five point six, and it's been going, or it's been keeping up to date and having new language improvements over time. I can assume. Um, but one of the things that I've picked up on over the last while is there's a, a disparity in some of the the core libraries uh, where you've got some functions that are built to be used in, just calling raw functions and some of the newer stuff has been written in such a way that it's primarily object orientated uh, how have you found that migration or whatever you want to call it over the past few years in php and how has that been affecting the community I think that's one of the, the reasons PHP gets a bad rap is because of the, the standards are not quite follow, followed through where something like a string position would would have a certain certain way of doing things and other manipulation of like libraries would, would be like a new object and then you, you interact with some, some method on that object. Um, I think... Definitely with, with the later versions of PHP, like like 7 that's coming now, they've solved a lot of those issues for us. Um, but I think it's it's like, it's a side effect of, of a dynamic language like this. Um, most of what's been happening lately is um, there are libraries like Composer package managed libraries that, that solves that kind of thinking and makes it more object orientated. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's so dynamic that, that you can pretty much use any, any function anywhere. Some people wrap object oriented code inside of just plain old functions. Um, so in the global space for, especially for like array utilities and that, that kind of stuff. So you mentioned PHP seven, um, how is that trying to solve some of these problems that we're talking about? Well, are there any practical, um, things that it's been doing that you can point to? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think they've been, been going back a bit to, to improve performance. Um, PHP has, has a bit of a wrap when, when it starts to scale. When it starts to scale, it, it starts to behave weirdly. Okay, define weirdly. Um, That's a broad term. <laughs> so PHP is not multi-threaded. Like, like a Python or a or something similar. Um, so sometimes you get read locks um, on files uh, when you interact with with databases or or even sessions. Um, so yeah, it can behave weirdly. But um, PHP seven has been moving moving back towards just improving the performance, um, reducing memory usage. I think they they've stripped out a whole lot of the internals. Um, that's kind of very legacy code and they refactored that uh, like to be better and more on par with with today's languages um, obviously not not on level par with with a python or a or a go <laughs> but um, as far as a dynamic 
um, weekly typed language goes. It's it's the fastest it's ever been. What's happening in PHP seven, Etienne? Um, it's still pretty new. Um, it's not production ready yet, but um, a lot of people are actually moving their VMs across to to dev in it um, with little little problems actually. Um, there's a couple of backwards backwards compatibility issues that some people are having like M, like the encrypt library that didn't work a while ago and those types of things. But hmm. they, the more so, edge so what, case, what are, what are they trying to do in PHP seven? What's the push for? I think the main push um, and pretty much the only reason I want to move over is for speed. The raw speed of of PHP seven is up to twice as fast as five six, which is amazing. <laughs> And your memory usage has also gone down quite tremendously. So um, okay, that's super cool. Has this got anything to do with the work Facebook did? Or, or um, definitely, um, yeah. there was a PHP kind of experiment called New Generation, um, if I remember correctly, and that that came out of what Facebook did with Hack and HVM um, or HHVM. Sorry, um, yeah. never played with that before, but um, trying to follow what, what went on in the community, it's definitely they, they ripped out any old code and they, they refactored a lot of stuff to be to be just better and definitely on par with, with most languages used today. Mm. So now you're going to have to excuse me because like I can use PHP, but I have no idea like where it comes from. Um, Apart from many years ago, but then that'll be giving away my age. <laughs> but I, but I have no like real idea of like the landscape and things. So you you mentioned a couple of things there. Like what's hack? Is that related to PHP? Um, I haven't worked in it. Um, hack. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no problem. Um, and then what's it? H H V M. So I can I can answer a bit of that with hack. I can just look to a bit of it. Um, so. Facebook uh, started the Hack Project as a language oh, yeah. that's effectively a superset of PHP that allows for some strong typing, but in in a in a sense of gradual typing. So you can uh, you can annotate types, and if you're um, if you're breaking the type constraints that you're putting in, the compiler will, uh, or rather the interpreter, will give you errors. Um, and as far as I know, they also had quite a big performance gain by having type annotations in there and that uh, their HHVM was then able to do some inlining and compiler optimizations, compiler level optimizations that allowed PHP code to run faster. And with Facebook being a PHP application, uh, that's huge at their scale. Okay, cool. Sort of makes sense. <laughs> All right, so Etienne, like, what do you, what do you kind of use on a day to day basis? What's the sort of common like footprint of PHP? The stuff you're doing like every day, apart from the esoteric stuff that Facebook's doing. Um, so, what I love about PHP the most is is actually really working in in frameworks like like Laravel and and Lumen, um, which is actually built on top of the Illuminate framework. Which I don't know if anybody knows that. No, um, no. <laughs> we built. Uh, we're, like, we're like total noobs, dude. We're, we're <laughs> no, I like know nothing, you know. So on a day-to-day basis, um, you build JSON APIs that gets consumed by pretty much anything. Um, 
small little apps that run, um, yeah, and just do things. Backends for mobile apps. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I've been doing with the last couple of years. Okay, cool. And so these these frameworks like Laravel and that sort of stuff are they help you to construct JSON APIs or you know like what to what extent do they really help? Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't like the word framework because I think it's been misrepresented a bit. I like to call it tool sets, and these tool sets um, allow you to just rapidly develop a lot of things. Um, you don't have to worry about authentication because it's been solved for you. You don't have to worry about connecting to a database. It's been solved for you. So these tool sets are really great in, in helping you get, get something up um, as fast as you can. And um, to be perfectly honest, I could, we could, like as a team, get a proper mobile, like an MVP given, but a small mobile backend out in a couple of hours instead of a couple of days. So it helps tremendously. Yeah, I mean, that's something that's always uh, kind of amazed me about, like the people bashing on PHP. They sort of miss this idea that uh, the path to deployment is so quick, right? You know, you kind of develop stuff and the push to the server is like so easy. To, to get it up and running is like there's, there's a no-brainer, whereas you take a Node app or a Rails app, like getting it into production can actually be quite a headache compared. Yeah, just rsync or FTP is your best friend when you're doing PHP, right? That's right. And it like there's literally, if it works on my like laptop, it's going to work on the server. I don't know if what's your experience is there, Etienne. Maybe I'm rubbish you know i don't know that it works on my machine is a bit of a push i think <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely um that's it. tools like docker and vagrant and those types of things have helped because uh, you can you can mimic mimic any production uh, environment locally which helped a lot a while back we used to run like a like a lamp stack on your on your pc and the php version would be outdated with with the one on the server because it might be shared hosting still, and then you know you get some unexpected behavior or some libraries it's not implemented yet. Um, it's come a long way. Okay, so I mean, that's kind of interesting. So you're developing uh, using Docker containers in PHP. That's pretty modern stuff, man. Ah, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, actually, these days it's a mix between Docker and Vagrant, depending on which okay. environment I'm in. Um, some some work. Work environments require Docker, otherwise others don't. Um, which is cool about Laravel is they give you a Vagrant box that's fully, fully production ready, pretty much, um, and it's got all the things, all the queuing systems, all the databases, everything on. So you just download that thing and you you can plop one out, and it's really cool. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, I, I think the the community is something that really makes PHP amazing, and like you said, there's. Um, there's just a vagrant box available. Like somebody's actually had the time and sat down and built that. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, it also helps if you if you set up your production environments yourself. It's um, it's a very good base to work from, and it's mostly most most of everything that the community makes is pretty good. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we're going to get to the to the package managers and all of those things soon. No, oh, please lead the way, man. Package management and PHP. Now that's something I know nothing about. <laughs> yeah, last time I touched PHP, there was no such thing as package management. So, how has the story changed over the last sort of seven or eight years? There, 
Um, a lot, actually. <laughs> we used to um, we used to go to a website called phpclasses.org, I think. And oh, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. And you, I had it bookmarked at one stage. You download the zip file of whatever library implementation you would search for, and and you would just whack it into your code, push it to subversion uh, back in the day, and um, you never know if knew if there was any tests or if the package was stable or anything. Um, that pretty much led to Pear, which was kind of like a package manager, but the only drawback on that was you had to install packages globally rather than on a project-by-project project basis, um, which means that if you already have a project that relies on a like a, like an older package, that you're pretty much screwed. So people got fed up with with having to swap out packages all the time and having to deal with the maintenance and the management of of those things on a manual basis. Um, and enter Composer. Uh, Composer is pretty much coordinated by semantic versioning, which I'm sure you are uh, mm -hmm. familiar yeah. with. We've seen it, yeah. <laughs> Can't jump without it. Definitely. Um, and it, it pulls libraries from a centralized hub called packages.org. And basically what this does, it allows you full control over what version, what patch, what anything you pull into your project. Also, you can install them globally, but it's mostly it's on a pack on a project by project base. Okay, so you have some sort of config file and you say, I want version 2 of such and such a package and version 1.6 of such and such a package and then it goes and fetches them all? Uh, yeah, you run, a, you run like a pip install or, a, or something yeah, similar. Yeah, compose kind of fetch or something. Yeah, yeah, composer install or composer update. And basically what that does, it goes and fetches whatever version you specify. Although... Okay, that's pretty cool. The config is in JSON, which allows you, well, which does not allow any commenting, which is a bit of a problem for bigger teams. But um, it's it still works really well. It recently moved into its first beta, which you can believe it's been in production for quite some time. And it's been in alpha all the time. So <laughs> so the, the, <laughs> the diehard people would have a problem with that. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, but cool. If there's a if there's a good tool that solves a problem, like if it's 0 0.1 and it's solving a pain point like that, I think it's natural that people will gravitate towards it and use it. Uh, I mean, Ruby gems, at least in the Ruby community, we started off with just plain old Ruby gems and then, um, and that on its own got a great reputation as being a way of deploying packages around. Uh, but we still had dependency management hell there. And it was only when Bundler shipped that, that it really solved the problem. And it's not a composer in the PHP world is solving that, taking a lot of those lessons that, that have been learned from um, the Ruby, the Python worlds, um, and packaging all of that up for PHP now. Yeah, definitely. Um, along with a, with a semi-recently released namespacing magic inside of PHP, uh, you can pretty much be, be safe and uh, just deploying any kind of library inside of your project. Uh, what's what's really cool about it, if you deep dive a bit, it, it also resolves nested nested dependencies. So if the library requires another library, requires a recursive library like that down the chain, it, it will also resolve it in your project, which is great. 
And will it give you warnings if you've got packages that you depend on that rely on different versions of their dependencies and, or incompatible versions of their dependencies? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Good. Okay, the error cool. handling in, in Composer could be a bit better, I think. Um, sometimes it it's very generic, but um, I suppose they're busy working on it, so it still solves the problem. Okay, if things are semantically versioned, it should relieve a lot of those pain points. Yep. What I would say what's cool about Composer and the fact that it's become pretty much this general standard um, in any project um, of PHP is that it makes sharing code very predictable and a whole lot smoother. So most of the time on your GitHub, GitHub account, you would see that there's a build running and that the tests for this library is actually passing, which just makes it a bit more predictable if you have a big a big production system that relies on some kind of random number generator or, you know, something similar. Um, you just want some predictability uh, where you can actually run all of the tests and all of your vendor code and actually see if it passes or not, um, which is a very interesting workflow. Yeah, I've got to hold you up there. So you just mentioned tests uh, in PHP. How the, how's the PHP's testing world looking nowadays? It also came a long way. <laughs> um, you can pretty much write any test in PHP, in a PHP project, um, anything from unit tests uh, all the way up to acceptance tests, uh, feature testing, uh, endpoint testing for APIs, all of those things. And that all just, you're talking to a CI or would you run that on a CI server? Is all of the tooling set up for that now? Um, yes and no. Um, I think there's a lot more growth and opportunities for a proper PHP kind of CI server. Although although Travis uh, really does a good job of if you have a, um, a public a public library that runs on GitHub, Travis is a really good good CI server. And it's free, which only if it's open source. It sounds like PHP is a whole different kettle of fish from when I first met it back in the day that uh, databases were being invented, children. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like you guys have a pretty modern like workflow now, like talking about like CIs and Docker and Ansible and that kind of stuff. Um, but let's dig into a little bit. I mean, PHP is really popular, right? It's, as you guys were saying earlier, runs like kind of most of the internet. <laughs> um, apart from the stuff that Google does, I guess. Um, why do you reckon like PHP is so popular as like, a language? You think it's just easy for guys to get started? I mean, what, what led you to PHP? And maybe you can like, talk about why you think it's so popular. I think PHP became so popular because anybody for less than $10 or even less than $5 could, could whack something up using FTP to a shared hosting environment. And suddenly you have a blog you can start getting your content to people. I mean, or even just in its simplest form, have a little HTML file that lives there and has a bit of scripting inside, um, as as we would have done back in the day. Um, yeah, you could kind of gradually add some functionality to your site, right? You didn't have to like build this whole thing. You could just say, "Cool, here's a piece of HTML. Oh, here's like uh, some other stuff." 
give me the current time or whatever. Let a person log in. And it was all kind of easy to, to add that to a site. Does that gel with your experience? Yes, definitely. I think the dynamicness of, of PHP made it very popular um, for anybody to add pretty much anything, which also led to a lot of craft <laughs> and legacy and mm. bad ways of doing things as, as we've learned to kind of adopt more like software engineering methodologies over the years. Um, I think a lot of companies are still sitting with that old craft back from from the 2000s when you just had to make a company website a bit of dynamic and suddenly they, they grew into a dot-com and they had to have a whole app behind it and, and all of those things. Uh, it's very interesting how it evolved um, to where it is today. Yeah, because you kind of used to start, you just had a page and then you put the code in the page, right? And then you had another page and you had the code in that page too and then like you're saying all of a sudden you had 50 pages all with code inside the actual pages and it was kind of hard to get at the common code like authentication all that kind of stuff had to be in every page i guess at the beginning yes so how did how did it evolve how did their guys start to solve this problem so yeah exactly what you're saying there um i think people became overwhelmed by the growth and and how easy it would be to add stuff. So enter model view controller. I think it's it's probably started with PHP, but I'm I'm not sure. <laughs> so you got to help me on that. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. It probably did, but it's uh, <laughs> you know but most of the languages I work in today are not. They do not have the pedigree of PHP. I guess except for Perl, right? Well, here, let, let's just give MVC its due. It originally um, was defined in about the 1970s, as far as I know. Yeah, definitely. Um, M MVC allowed allowed people to just kind of group code logically. Um, all your templating would, would live somewhere. And that's where uh, big libraries like Twig and Blade and even Smarty back in the day would um, would allow people to to template things, um, which made for interesting workflows. If you separate out your templating engine, you could have front end designers and developers just 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 build templates, while your back end team wax out the models and dealing with the database and just have some logic in the controllers. You know, um, it it opened up a whole new world of of dealing with with web code um, in a very dynamic state. It kind of forced a, a semi-discipline to it. Yeah, so you're not mixing up a view and logic code in the same place. Yes. Yeah, you're separating them out. Okay, cool. And so then what happened next? So now you've got at least some sort of separation. You're saying, like, let, let's clean this up a little bit. Let's just stop kind of duplicating everything. And I guess the next thing is probably like the rise of some sort of frameworks, if I... Read the history correctly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so enter the the almost a framework a week type of vibe where <laughs> where everybody had their yeah yeah I I, rem I remember one one called Zend right wasn't there a framework called Zend yes Zend Zend framework uh, easy components yeah, cake cake um, symphony back in the day yes code igniter okay where code igniter is that a PHP thing yes. <laughs> That's still around. I've seen stuff in that. Yeah. So where did they where did they fit in? And like what what happened with them? Are they still around? And like what did they kind of try to do to PHP to make them, you know, to make it better? I guess. Um, each of these were pretty much implementations or uh, like opinionated implementations of the MVC pattern. 
it separated out logic from models from from templating and those types of things um but yeah um okay that's interesting and then what happened next like how did we get from there till today like i think what happened was the same kind of and i might sorry if i'm stepping on any toes um the same stuff as what's happening with node these days is uh or like javascript frameworks as a whole is people are getting tired of of the same concept implemented in such different ways that that and along with like package managers and those types of things they decided to centralize a lot of stuff um so most of those tool sets are gravitating towards a symphony or a or a laravel um, or even micro frameworks of that, which which is actually what I like working in the most is is these micro frameworks. It got rid of all the all the fluff and the craft, and it's just raw raw backend code. Yeah, no, that's there's definitely a movement to that kind of stuff, even in the Node world. Yeah, I think if you look at it in the JavaScript world, uh, I mean Douglas Crockford has his iconic book uh, JavaScript: The Good Parts, which Ironically, it's about a fifth of the length of the JavaScript book by O'Reilly. Um, and I think from the sound of it, a lot of the evolution of PHP is going to lead to a lot of the same kind of, we've got the, the craft that's been left behind by how things were done, but we don't want to get rid of because of backwards compatibility issues. Uh, but generally, we, we're not, we don't go that way anymore, uh, with PHP. But, because I can recall when I was getting into PHP, and this was when I was still a newbie programmer and doing some high school part-time work. Um, and yes, there, we had these smarty templates and things, and I had heard about this whole separation separation of concerns thing. Um, but in my newbie state, I had no idea of the implications of it, and I just went through the uh, through the motions of, "Well, I need to get this thing done by." Well, within the next two hours, I'm not going to go sit and read some documentation or some something to try and figure out how to follow this new pattern that people are talking about. Um, and I think at that point, there's still going to be a lot of code that uh, uses parts of PHP that are now falling into uh, to the wayside or to the point of n- not being used anymore. Uh, but it's still just being kept around. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. Um, it's like it's, if there's any app that's that's out there that's older than five years, uh, you're going to run into very big technical debt issues. Um, with any language that evolves at such a rapid pace, you're going to have almost almost like a, a archaeological snapshot of the popular stuff at that time in your code base um as it grew and you can see you can see how how popular stuff specific things were at that time as you read through like big code bases these days be interesting to visualize that stuff and see the rise and fall of frameworks yeah (laughs) yeah definitely that is where um websites like phptherightway.com um is a group of guys that, that came together and they said Listen, this language, there's some there's some cleanliness and amazingness and magic in in this language, but we have to sift through through the craft of of more than twenty years of existence and the way people thought stuff should work 
and they they came together and they made this whole whole library of things that that you must use or should use. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, it, it sounds like some of the Java community needs, man. <laughs> Because they're also like, I mean, they've also got this legacy of so much code. No one knows what's going on. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah, this has definitely helped me um, understand a lot of things. Or actually the way, just how it should be done. Um, generally yeah, best accepted. practices yeah. and all those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah definitely. Okay. Now, in PHP, like, the, talk to me about database access. Is that like evolved at all, or is it still kind of low level, like record access? Or do you have anything kind of more sophisticated going on there these days? Um, definitely. There's. I was actually talking to to Kevin earlier um, about the tools, two schools of thought. Um, oh with pertaining to, to kind of database access. You've got the, the data mapper ORM type of app um, versus the active record <laughs> um, debate and battle that's always been going on, uh, which is interesting. But um, yeah, there's definitely some abs- abs- abstractions on top of data access and persistent access. And it's um, following some of the best practices. It's, it's really easy to just whack up a database do some migrations, um, get your database in a production-ready state, and just use that. Wow. It's a PHP that I don't know, man. That sounds way cool. And have these frameworks um, kind of evolved coming out of tools like Laravel, or are they primarily independent tools? Um, I think it definitely evolved out of out of the bigger ones. I think Symfony is still the biggest framework that exists, um, along with Zend. Um, I think it's the most popular. Although Laravel is is gaining a lot of traction. Um, basically, it, it's almost like a Ruby on Rails implementation in PHP, um, with a lot of what you call facades access and like lean controllers and a full abstraction on top of the database, which solves a lot of problems for you. So um, tools like Eloquent and oh, I forgot the Symphony one's name. Just let me check. Yeah, it's Alchemist or something like that. Can't remember now. Oh, it's Doctrine. Doctrine is the name for the Symphony um, ORM. Um, it just solves a lot of a lot of problems for you um, off the bat. You install the framework and then you can just get going without any mm. without any problems. You can whack your abstractions and your business logic into into a namespace, which which is domain separated, which is actually something that never existed in PHP uh, for a very long time. And with a with the whole namespace thing, you can separate out your business logic and literally copy and paste your implementation from project to project if you need. And then, what are you guys doing for front ends these days? Like, well, the front ends to PHP apps are they still PHP or? Is that is there any evolution in that side of it? Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, Laravel comes bundled with Blade. Um, Blade is a, almost like a Twig, Twig-like implementation, but it's it's more tightly coupled into the Laravel way of doing things. Uh, whereas Symf- are those are those PHP templating languages? Yes, they are. Yeah, um, Twig, Blade, um, Smarty you can still use. Um, some people okay. choose to use raw PHP inside of their template, which is also fine. Um, I think whatever solves the job. 
Um, are you talking more about JavaScript accompaniments, accompaniments, or just like play, plain old? Well, oh, sure, sure. Are people building like uh, sort of rich, uh, rich internet apps with PHP backends? I mean, is, is that a common pattern? Yes, definitely. Um, I don't know if you know about Angular and React. Um, building a JSON API and PHP is very popular, and then whacking a, a single page application on top of it, which is purely HTML and JavaScript is, is very popular these days. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's like you guys are very modern and hip, man. <laughs> I'm only in it for the dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well said, well said. But it's interesting that the PHP community is thriving and keeping up on all of these front-end technologies and you know, you're talking about Angular and JSON APIs, and it's all of the same stuff that we speak about when we uh, when we're speaking to Go developers, or Rubyists, or Python devs. Mm. We're all kind of building the same thing, but using different underlying tools. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, PHP is a very acquired taste. I think um, if you want high availability, PHP is probably <laughs> not the right tool. Um, I would rather go with a with a Go <laughs> or a Python or something in that in that line. But for your, if you go like full service oriented architecture, uh, which is something that PHP kind of moved into lately, um, although it's a very, it's an oldish term, um, it's something that that composer and all of those things lends itself to quite nicely. Um, hosting their their little services uh, privately, and then they just deploy these these things um, also behind a semantic version, which is great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I want to come to the defense of PHP there. It's like it's very hard to crash an entire PHP application, right? I mean, you may have like errors on a page or something, but you know, in, in the Java world or something, if your JVM hosted app falls over, the whole thing's gone. Oh, yeah. I think that's, that's the greatness of, of having an interpreted language is you probably have a small part of an endpoint somewhere that, that might throw some server errors, but the rest of your well, yeah. app will stay up. Um, exactly. Except yeah. if that's so cool. Except if you drop your DB access or or change the IP on your <laughs> on your database box, you'll make an error in some like include file. <laughs> yes, right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so those yeah. tend to happen from time to time. But I think that's kind of the story with any development. Um, magical things tend to happen mm. when you code late at night. <laughs> 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 as we all do as we all do when I'm thinking already after this I should go and like wire up something in PHP see how it works yeah the thing that interests me there is that it, it looks like if you're getting into PHP now you're inevitably going to be introduced to things like test driven development and uh, deploying with docker or vagrant uh, uh, at least looking at the PHP the right way .com site you're going to be introduced to good stuff pretty much straight away, which when I got into it, I probably picked up some bad habits from. Hmm. Yeah, but testing such a modern thing, right? <laughs> oh, sarcasm. No, no, we were talking the other day, when I started programming in C, like we, we had no testing. What? Testing what? What are you talking about? We had no idea what you But you did have documentation stacks, right? Well, someone else wrote them, man. Whole <laughs> teams of doc documents. UML diagrams. Yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. We wrote code. 
but things like TDD and uh, which has been popularized by the extreme programming movement and uh, you know all of Kent Beck's writing and loud mouthing, which I think has been very, incredibly valuable. Um, but just seeing that if I start a, a PHP project now, I'm going to get if I use Laravel, I'm going to get tests generated along there with it. Uh, it's encouraged that if I'm going to write write PHP code, that it should be tested. Uh, and deployment isn't always going to be just R sync the stuff from your dev machine to the server and see what happens. Uh, you've got things like Docker and orchestration tools in between there. Yeah, um, something very interesting around deployments. Um, we used to do a lot of FTP push-ups um, <laughs> and also tools like Fing, which you would run run from your local box um, or your local PC um, into more of a continuous integration, continuous delivery type of methodology where, where a tag release um, would fire off some events on a build server which would run through all of your tests, be that acceptance tests or unit tests, test some sort of logic. And when all of those passes, it literally just swaps out the old version for the new version. And you can roll back um, if there's something wrong, which is great. Um, it's a really good way of working. And we've come to a point, I think, in the, in the community using tools like, like Packer and Ansible and just pushing up stuff to AWS, for instance, um, has become so easy. Although I'm struggling with AWS networking layer still, it's something I'm working on, <laughs> is, um, is just pushing to master um, and having your branch always, always releasable is something very, it's a very low overhead for any development team to get into. I don't know if you guys agree. I agree. I mean, it's a fantastically easy mm. deployment model. It makes uh, the rest of us look like, you know, amateurs, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, having compilers and uh, having to do Git clones on servers and things like that. Yeah, it's we nuts, right? There's so many hoops to get our code onto servers nowadays. Yeah. I definitely think PHP has got a very good story there for how to do it, and it's so nice to hear that it's it's adopting all these modern things. And I think that's something that's making the PHP is really interesting for, is, is it's just so easy to get going. The barrier to entry is very low in PHP, in my opinion. Yeah, intentionally so. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's still a, a symptom of, of back in the day when it was just used as a scripting language. Um, some guy just wanted to make his website do stuff and change if he changed something in persistent storage. Um, I think the, the concept still is still pulling through. And um, if you don't listen to the internal ranting of the internals team in PHP, which is a, which is a great read if you have time sometime, <laughs> those guys, uh, you just <laughs> open up the popcorn and let them watch, watch them troll each other. Um, <laughs> like, apart from that, the community is really, is really doing well and keeping stuff simple. Um, also, what's, what's really cool about PHP and the fact that it's that dynamic, it, it, it lends from other language concepts a lot. Um, I think the hack stuff, which, which I've just read now, is um, the strong type stuff um, comes from a lot from Java, uh, which is very interesting. Um, I think the, the, the way Laravel is implemented comes a lot from Ruby on Rails, which 
which I've worked with before, and it's, it's a really fun way of implementing things because um, you don't fight with the tech. Yeah. And as long as that is kind of the core of, of PHP, I'll, I'll still love it. That's so cool, man. That's so cool. So now, like, what's happening here locally in South Africa? And, and if people wanted to get involved with PHP and are there, like, meetups? What's what's going on? <laughs> um, the local scene is is big, but it's it's not as big as it should be, I think, in my opinion. Um, there are meetups. Um, uh, before coming down to Cape Town, I, I used to run the Laravel one in Joburg. Uh, but there's a very, very good Joburg PHP meetup on meetup.com which um, is very active they, they they have it at the AfriHost offices and um, the speakers there are really good um, also also one in Cape Town which I know of um, I've been there a couple of times they talk about Docker they talk about all co- all sorts of things um, so yeah the meetup scene is, is really active there's I think there's a couple of conferences as well uh, the PHP conference uh a, a local PHP conference in South Africa. Yes, yes. Oh wow, that's so cool. And how do how do people find out more about it? And like, like a meetup, I'm sure. But the PHP conference. Do you have any links for us? Yeah, definitely. Uh, PHPSouthAfrica.com. Um, it's called PHP Craft, and it's been going a couple of years now. Oh wow, that's cool. Um, everything from workshops to to big keynote speakers and those types of things. Um, I think last year they had the guy who made PHP, or two years ago, um, the guy who made PHP, which is really good. That's so cool. But yeah, phpsouthafrica.com. Um, I think it's an annual uh, annual one. That's cool. So PHP is alive, well, and kicking. I think that's what we can take away from this. And I think it's actually in very um, good shape, man. <laughs> yeah, and definitely not something to to be ashamed of. Yes. Yeah. Turn those up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. PHP has, in the last one, had, had picked up a bit of a bad rap, but it looks like, yeah, it's in such good shape now. Yeah. Um, it, mm-hmm. it, it's a lot like JavaScript, I think, where if you go and look at all the ugliness in JavaScript, yeah, you can make a really good case against it. Um, but the ugly stuff is generally left left to lie nowadays. And it looks like PHP is in a similar space. Yeah. We'll leave the ugly code for the Perl guys, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Etienne, um, we usually end this podcast with uh, some picks or you know things you you think the inter- the audience might be interested in. I don't know if you've got anything at the moment, but uh, yeah. And any closing remarks? Anything you you think we left out? Um. So my picks would be to check out, like, just to, just install a Laravel using Composer. Um, it's really easy and it's really fun to get up with. Um, also, Loon, which is a micro framework um, based off of Laravel, which is uh, a lot faster. I'm um, also L U M E N. Yes, Lumen. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I think my third pick would be uh, Laracasts.com. It's West that started to start making um, PHP videos. It's not Laravel only. I think that started out as Laravel only, but he's been delving into a lot of concepts like um, or code cutters uh, using PHP and those types of things. Unfortunately, it is a it is a commercial one. So um, 
I'm paying for it um, as well as for the team that I'm in right now. But it's a really good, okay. it's a really good resource to to just uh, get your de- level up your development, I suppose. Awesome. We'll definitely have that in the show notes. Cool. Anything else? Um, <laughs> not really. No, sorry. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. Cool. Kevin, anything from your side? Uh, yeah. So Kubernetes. I know Kenneth often has spoken about it on the show and uh, at community meetups. Uh, but in the last few days, I've been setting up a Kubernetes cluster on Google Container Engine and just been blown away by the experience of it. It's really cool. So if you're doing Docker stuff with or trying to deploy a site using Docker, take a look at Kubernetes to do the orchestration. That's my pick for the week. Okay, cool. Thanks. Um, I've recently been doing some UI work and I took a look back at semanticui.com which is that CSS framework, and it's come along nicely. It's now version 2.1.8, and there's like all the basic controls are covered. It's a really neat uh, CSS framework. Cool. Oh, and Etienne wants to pick Terraform. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I just, Go tell us about Terraform. I let, Go for literally it. just thought of it. Um, lately, we've been dealing with, with a lot of infrastructure setups um, from the ground up, even the networking layer on AWS and those sort of things. And Terraform is a tool that you can write code that describes your your whole infrastructure setup. It basically keeps state. So if you change the security group once, you don't have to redeploy the whole thing. It actually just goes and builds that one thing. It's almost like an Ansible, but for server-level infrastructure. So we've been playing a bit about it. It's terraform.io. That would mm. be mine. That's also from the, the HashiCorp guy. Yeah. It's very, very cool. If it's if it's HashiCorp, it's going to be good. <laughs> they got a good reputation. I wonder how they do that. <laughs> cool. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Uh, anything else? We left. We covered everything here. Yeah? yeah, I do think so. Uh, I think thank so. you. Thank cool. you for giving PHP some some light. Um, I think it's a really good language. I always supported PHP. I think it's awesome, man. Long live, long live PHP. Yeah, <laughs> good to see how it's going, and you know, I think I may need to stop giving or taking cheap shots at it when I, whenever I can. Now, <laughs> now we've just got a rescue pearl, but I, I, I have my doubts. Uh, <laughs> Len, you've been on the pearl mission for years. Yeah, but we've got to find somebody doing pearl production code, man. Like, you know, PHP safe. <laughs> we've saved PHP. Now next. <laughs> Pearl evolved and it became Ruby. Well, no, <laughs> it's gonna get out of hand. It's gonna get out of hand. I, I reckon you can you can chat to guys from Booking.com. They they run their full stack on Pearl, which is very interesting. Yeah, I know a couple of guys who do it. Yeah, we must talk to Zach. I think. Cool. All right, Etienne. Thanks so much, man. Thank we, you. We're just rambling on a bit now, and yeah, we hope to chat to you again in a few months. We'll see how it's going. Perfect. Thank you so much for the time. Cool. Thanks. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, everyone. Bye. Ciao.